0: You don't tell people, I think God spoke to me in the middle of a Journey tribute concert.
1: Hey, this is Unrefined Podcast. I'm Brandon Spain, your host, with co host Lindsay Waters. Welcome to another episode. Hey, you guys, we have a new podcast here. I am with Lindsey. Hey, guys. And I want to introduce our guest today. This is truly a pleasure for me to be interviewing this guy. His, his name is Kenny, and a lot of you guys probably out there know him, Kenny C., and he is an outstanding musician. He was trained at Berklee College of Music. He's currently writing a book. And so today, what I wanted to do is I just wanted to dive into his testimony and He's going to talk a little bit about frequency, which is in his new book. And, and hopefully we can go other places too. So we'll see what we do. So Kenny, tell us Yay. about it, brother. Hey.
0: Hey, man. Thanks for having me. Thanks for man, having me on the show, man. Thanks yeah, for coming. Welcome, we, brother.
1: You're welcome. Very welcome.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy what stuff you guys have been doing. Y'all, y'all got some great things happening. I love it. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, like I said, my name is Kenny C. I've been a musician my entire life. And I've taught music for about 38 years, which wow. which if you add that up, you'll no. realize that. I started teaching when I was two. I was two. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So... So, yeah. So I, you know, like I said, I've I've been a musician all my life. I've been a professional musician. I've, I've toured, I've played with lots of bands and stuff, but the basic story for me grew up in a, in a pretty great household, but my parents got divorced when I was about uh, 12 and at around 14 years old, my, my older brother um, got killed in a car accident. He was 17. I was 13. I was 14. And, um, my life changed a lot at that point. Up to that point I was really just a real, real uh studious book nerd. I played a little sports, but I was, you know, comic books and and The Lord of the Rings and all that kind of stuff, man. I loved that. Role playing games, Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. And when my brother died, I inherited his music collection and it it changed me completely because the stuff I liked wasn't bad music. I love it. I mean, you know, I I liked a lot of the old you know I like the disco soundtrack Saturday Night Fever and you know I like Grease and I used to like the BGS and all that mm-hmm. stuff. You know, you're a kid; mm-hmm. it's what you into. But but my brother's cassette c- collection had it was Van Halen. You know, one, two, uh, Women and Children First, Fair Warning. It was the it was the first four Van Halen albums. It was ACDC. It was Back in Black. It was like when you go back, they're like the greatest. That time period was like the greatest rock and roll era of all time. Man, I had you know all those things, Death Leopard, Pyromania, and so that really set me on a place with music where I was like, I love what I'm hearing, and I wanted to play guitar. Um, I I grew I mean, I was a Christian. I got baptized as a child when I was young, about fourth grade, in a Presbyterian church, and uh, uh, I I really you know, I, I love God. I, I, I thought I was going to end up being maybe a preacher as a child. And, uh, and then well, rock and roll came along and that changed everything for me. I was like, you know what? Uh, I think I'm going to be a rock star. So, <laughs> so I kind of, uh, you know, I, I got into playing guitar and then it became an obsession of, you know, I'm like, wow, this is, this is what I want to do. And so, you know, I, I, uh, I got into Berkeley college of music in Boston and, um, and some people may, I don't know when the, the, the Crossroads show comes out that we did uh, on the movie Crossroads, but that... It'll, uh, be,
1: it'll be after this.
0: Okay. Well, there's a show we do. We we did a show with, uh, I did a show on here with them with the movie Crossroads. And if you don't know the movie Crossroads, uh, it's basically Ralph Macchio, the karate kid. He's a, he's a blues guitar player. But at the end of the whole movie, he has to battle Steve Vai, who's basically the devil's guitar player. And he's just completely over the top. It's an it's an amazing piece of music to watch and and it's still, you know, 35 40 years later is just still amazing to see. But yep. it made me look into who Steve Vai was and I was like, who is this guy? And you know, I kind of got a little more stuff into him. I knew he he was taking over in the David Lee Roth band, had all this stuff, but then I I read that he went to Berkeley College of Music and I was like, okay, that's if that's what this guy did, I'm going there. So, um that's what I did. I went I went I got to got in and I went to Boston and I was there a couple years and it was an amazing experience. But somewhere along the line, I kind of realized that uh, the money I was paying to be there, I was never going to make back as a musician. I was like, how am I going <laughs> to pay off this huge loan? And I figured it out that a lot of my favorite players that went there, they didn't graduate there. they They left at some point and started their career. And I realized I didn't really need to have the, you know, the degree for that situation. So it was like, I just went out and started get, gigging with bigger bands and it kind of took off from there. And that's where I spent, you know, the next 20 years or so uh, playing in bands. I've had many different bands over the years. Uh, I, was a, I had a I had a great band in the 90s called Alchemy. It's funny because I think about all these things that terminology and stuff that I did and I know so much more about now. <laughs> and I go back yeah. and go like, Alchemy, hmm, interesting. Why did we <laughs> pick that name? I don't know <laughs> you know, turning lead into gold. So it has so much more connotation now as, you know, you get older and you do doing more research. But I yeah. had a band called, um, had a band called 790 Robot Head. And we had, we licensed music to uh, all kinds of things, MTV and VH1, Sci-Fi Channel, USA. Um, I got to be on some TV shows with it. I got magazines worldwide, overseas, cut, uh, Japan, all kinds of stuff. And it was a really, it was a great time period, man. I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed all that. And but you know, it kept. I always still felt like something wasn't completely there. Um, and I was married, had two children, and ended up. Uh, I got a gig playing in a Journey tribute band, and a lot of people are like, "Oh, that's you know, okay." Well, <laughs> but this was with a guy who actually was in Journey, and he was going to be the next singer um, in Journey back in about two thousand seven. And he was out there and uh, wrote songs with the band. And uh, and then so it just didn't go through. They ended up getting Arnell Pineda. And he's fantastic. Great singer. Love it. But my yeah. buddy was like, at that point, was like, you know what? I'm going to utilize this. And so he decided to take his Journey Tribute basically worldwide and the band he had couldn't do it. So he called me up and was like, Hey man, you want to, you know, you go on tour? Yeah, absolutely. And I knew it was going to be a big deal because he, the album, the the day we went out on tour journey dropped their, like their new album, like the day before. And he had two songs he co-written with Jonathan Cain and Neil Sean on it. And here's his name on it. And I was like, this is going to be massive. And it was, I mean, I got to, I got to pretend to like being a rock star and playing, you know, these journey songs, which was a, which is a guitar player's dream, man. My whole thing was, you know, play, play lead guitar songs all night. And, in an audience full of, you know, women loving love songs. Come on. It was incredible. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> you know, but it it was really, and I, I was doing well, but my entire life behind the scenes was completely falling apart. My marriage was falling apart and, um, it just kinda I knew that there something had to change and um I, I was really having a hard time with it. But I was on stage in Kennesaw, Georgia, thousands of people, probably the biggest show I'd ever played. And uh it was around near the fourth of July, and it was so big that they underestimated how many people were gonna be there and they had to like drive the band up. The cops had to bring us up to the stage to get in. Uh you know, to get on stage. It was so many people, they had to drive us through a crowd. It was crazy. So, you know, I'm on stage and I'm playing, and I literally just told the the lead singer before we went on, I was like, I love this band, and I'm never going to leave, and I'm this is what I've always wanted to do. And I really, you know, I was at that. I was like 39 years old, and I was like, I am doing what I dreamed to do in my whole life. I was making a ton of money. I was playing guitar for a living. I was touring around. I was like, this is great.
1: Hey, my own refined friends. I just wanted to tell you guys that I am so thankful that you are my life. Some of our best fans uh, have been writing to us, and and I, I just so encouraged about how lives are being transformed, and people are getting something out of this podcast. I mean, that's what it's all about. That's why we're doing this, is to glorify Jesus and to just look at the world and have a a more open view of the seen and the unseen and the supernatural in the world. So while we're doing that, we're going to handle all different kinds of topics. But see, what I'd like for you to be involved in or part of is our members-only group things that are coming in our members-only group that are going to just blow your mind, not to mention there's going to be episodes in there that you won't be able to hear just on the normal episode channel. So make sure to visit our website at unrefinedpodcast.com and check out our members-only community. I just can't stress the fact that, you know, we're after building a community and there's there's so much out there you guys and there's so much coming i really believe we need to build these strong communities of christ followers to to be able to handle what might be coming in the in the future days we're sure that you'd be a good fit and we cannot wait i can't wait to see you there
0: I was on stage playing Don't Stop Believing, and uh, the crowd's all jumping up and singing and going around, and the, uh, the crowd literally just started to slow down in time. I felt everything slow down, and I was looking out, and I'm playing it, and I can see people going, Don't Stop Believing. I, my brain's going on. And about that time, I w- my brain, I was telling myself, I was like, this is what I've spent my entire life to do, and I've made it. I'm never going to leave this. And a voice in my head said, this is not what you're meant to do. And I was like, and then everything came back to normal and I hmm. played and I got off stage and I realized I was like, okay, this is, this is kind of crazy. I, you know, cause you don't tell people, I think God spoke to me in the middle of a journey tribute concert. <laughs> um, that's, that's crazy talk, but I, I yeah, yep. felt it enough to know that this was okay. I need to heed this. And I came off stage and and I put in my notice and not too long after that, I, I went out. And I, you know what's great is that at that point I was really like okay I'm gonna try to do the right thing I want to get my kid do my stuff with my kids I'm gonna really get my uh, stuff with God going and uh I'm gonna tell you man the minute I made that decision the enemy threw so much stuff at me it was crazy like I had a couple years of just the most insane stuff that could go on and it was like and I knew it was to bring me it was to keep me from doing what I was supposed to do. So I had to keep battling on it, and eventually, like time, you know, God was like, "Okay, we got to get you on track." So out of the weirdest thing, I was I was in a Chick Fil A eating lunch one day. This was probably 2013. I'd gotten out of a really terrible relationship and all this stuff, and um, you know, I was kind of like this, this. It was just a rough time, and and this guy I knew that was a bodybuilder. He came in, and we're chit chatting. I'd known him from years ago, and. He's like, Hey man, you know, and he does, he kind of talks like that. You'd have to meet him. Hey man, <laughs> you, California
1: guy. you should come to my church.
0: You should come to my church sometime. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, man. I, I got this great church. I go to called journey church. And I was like, and I'd heard about it and they met at a movie theater. And he's like, no nah, dude, you don't have to, you don't have to dress up, man. I wear my Alice in Chains t-shirt. I was like, what? He's like, yeah, man, it's, just, it's a cool place. So I was like, you know what? I'm going to check it out. So I went with this guy to this church and I mean, the second time I went, man, I was I was being so convicted, I felt like the preacher was talking directly to me about everything in my life. And I was I was broken down, dude. I knew at that time I was like, I had to talk to somebody and figure out what was going on. And it was it. And I, I've been with that church now for uh now ten years. And a, a couple months after that I got started in the church, I actually we were meeting in a in a movie theater. And uh, I got baptized in the parking lot after services, which was an amazing thing. And people look at, I'm like, look, man, I'm going to Journey Church. The name of the church is Journey (laughs) Church. You know, all my friends that used to, when I was touring and stuff, you know, they had lots of jokes with it. Hey, man, you know, don't stop believing in God, Kenny. I'm like, okay, (laughs) I got you. Good stuff. You know, they would always be like, wheel in the sky. And I'd be like, okay, I got it. good." But you know what? I looked at it and think, that was the church I needed. I'd been looking for it my whole life and, uh, it really, it really was. And it still yeah. is. It's an amazing place.
1: When you told me what church you went to, the irony was not lost on me that you went to journey church. So <laughs> no,
0: <laughs> me either, man, I look at it and go, if you don't think God has, if God has a sense of humor, Oh, trust me, trust me. Oh, There's yeah. some great stuff with it, but it did. And I look at it and go, it's like, it's literally, I don't believe a coincidence at all, man. I'm, I'm very much a, uh, you know, I, I believe things happen for a reason. And it's one of those things. Sometimes you just look at it and go, um, God's hit me upside the head with a church called Journey. This is where you're supposed to go. So I did a great, great thing. And and that it, and it kind of led me toward um, I, I was playing, you know, I was still doing some cover band things and stuff. And then I met all these people at this church that were musicians that were just spectacular musicians. So I built a, a group out of the church band and the music director and it was, we were going to go out and play festivals and stuff, but we were, we cleaned everything. Everything was up. We were basically a dance band. We did a lot of Prince and the time and all those things. And it just happened to be at the time that Bruno Mars decided to bring out this song called Uptown. We'd already called our band Uptown. Our band was called Uptown and we were already out playing with it. And then this song hit and it sounded like the eighties dance music we were doing. And I was like, I could not have planned something more perfect because everybody in the, everybody in this area of Southwest Virginia was sure that we named our band Uptown over that. And we didn't, <laughs> it was, we named it after a Prince song actually, but it blew up really big and the sound and we did great. And it was really an amazing time period for me because it, it allowed me to play music with some great Christian people. And, you know, we we were out there in the secular world playing festivals and weddings and all kinds of stuff. And and people saw what we were doing. They'd see us pray before shows. I would openly talk about our church on stage. And I knew that was the, what was going on. And I will tell you, I probably brought 100 people to our church just from that time period who saw us play in a place and went, I want to go see this. Because I'd say, hey, man, you see our girl singer here? She played keyboards and sax and just an amazing singer, man, just, just great. And I'd say, you ain't seen nothing. You need to see her come and sing about God. And they'd be like, I want to see this. And so I got a lot of people that came. I brought a lot, I got a lot of friends. I brought to church from that. And I always, you know, to me, that's ultimately, no matter what other stuff I'm doing, that's the Great Commission. That's what I feel the most strongly about. Even when I talk about stuff like uh, frequencies and all these things I'm doing, it still to me is, is minor compared to the Great Commission. Amen. So here's the thing, man. I went I got the uptown band and I also was filling in with a another journey tribute band. I'd been out of one called Trial by Fire in a Carolinas. And um I got asked one time, their their guitar player couldn't make a show. So I only knew one guy in the band. He filled in with my band. I didn't know the rest of the guys. And I showed up in Myrtle Beach. Thousands of people jumped on stage, had never played with them before. And it was it was spectacular, man. I, I've done that my whole life. I could just fill in with bands with no notice and it's just it's a gift from God, man. And I, I did that and I helped them out a couple of times. And in 2018, uh, something came up and their guitar player could not make a small tour. And it was going to be out on the road a little bit. And um I was this was a really interesting thing. I was in a place where I was just starting to get really healthy. I lost a lot of weight. I'd been getting really, but it was during this, you know, everybody was on the keto phase and everybody was on the keto and it worked for me, man. I dropped a lot of weight. I was the healthiest I'd ever been, but I got on this tour bus, went to DC to play a show with them. And I'm on stage and I was feeling great. And we, we opened up with separate ways and I had a heart attack right in the first song. Mm-hmm. Wow. And wow. what's crazy about it is, and I'll just explain this to you. I have a really strong work ethic and passion. Tolerance for pain, so I wasn't sure that it was a heart attack. I'd already had some heart issues with time going up, where I'd had stents and different issues. But I and I had nitro, and I ended. Up, the bus driver came and got the stuff, and he gave it to me. And so I did it, and then I felt okay. I didn't feel great, but I knew something was off. But I finished out their tour, a couple more shows, and finished them up. And it was it was a struggle. I got through it, but I got back. The next week, I'm like Wednesday and slept a day. And then I called my cardiologist and went in and he's like, Hey man, you've got, you know, uh, troponins in your blood levels, your labs, which means you had heart damage. You've had a heart attack and you've got that. So that, I don't know if a lot of people know that, but that's what it is. They shoot for the the heart enzymes. It releases stuff when you have actual heart muscle damage. Mm -hmm. So they're Mm -hmm. like, you, you had a heart attack. I'm like, yeah, I think I did. He's like, uh, was it last week? I was like, yeah, I was on tour. They're like, What? Are you kidding me? And I'm like, "No, man. They, if I had quit, they the tour would have been canceled." My my doctor's looking at me. He goes, "Dude, come on, man." I was like, "I finished out the tour. I'm here now. And you know what? They did a little a balloon angioplasty and I felt better and was out playing shows in 2 weeks and I was really like, "Okay, that's it." And then it just completely collapsed on me. My health just went And I knew something was really wrong. I ended up in the hospital. And I was in the hospital for oh my gosh, it was almost a month. Um, and I was having a lot of hard times, man. It was one of these things where they, they knew that we're going to have to go in and do a triple bypass. So they do a cab G, they, they they opened me up. So I had a lot of stuff happen from that time period. I had a, had a triple drop bypass surgery, came out of it and, uh, you know, went back to playing a little bit with my band uptown and, you know, I was like, okay, so I'm back on this and, uh, You know, the the pandemic hit and there were no shows. I lost all my income. Um, I was only teaching maybe 20 students a week. Uh, I was playing all the time and I I was making a lot of money. And not only did I lose money, but I had to give back a lot of money because I had a lot of money uh, from deposits for weddings and festivals. And everybody just it just collapsed. The whole market collapsed. Yeah. So nobody had any work. And I did, I, three weeks into it, I was like, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was like, I prayed on it a lot. I was like, God, this is, I'm not sure what's going to happen here, but you know, I I trust you with what's happening. And, and I kid you not within three weeks of that, I had 70 online students that I was teaching online exclusively. Wow. Wow. And, and that to me, was just I looked at and God's like I'm going to take care of you this is what you're going to do this is what you do you're a teacher you're a musician you can do it I couldn't play shows but it played us. And I'll, and I'll tell you this uh since that May of 2020 I have not had less than 70 students at all time now I don't do as many online students a lot of them are in person I've got a lot more stuff but but just like I do I do I do lessons with Brandon also I do that's online and so God really set me up in a place and was like, okay, I've, I've got you covered on your career. You're not playing shows anymore, but we're going to teach. And uh, and then I was feeling great, and I went into a streaming concert online in May, early May of 2020, and I had a heart attack right in the middle of that show, on, mm-hmm. on stage, on live video. You can go watch it. You, I have it. I have the video. No one knows that I had a heart attack because I am... <laughs> <laughs> i can play through stuff i had people watching it and said i don't think kenny feels good and i was sweating hard and when we got done with the with the concert i looked at the band and said i think i had another heart attack and they're like oh my gosh and i look at my fitbit and my fitbit it went from you know like in a normal like oh 80 beats per minute it was tracking at 220 beats a minute my oh, heart wow. rate had shot up and I was up there, and it's really funny because I was playing a big guitar solo, and it happened right in it. So I was like, you know, I always look back and go, "Man, I still played a really good guitar solo to have had a hard time." Um,
1: what song was but it? Yeah, Kenny? And that,
0: that's when I realized that it, it was actually a sweet child of mine. Like Guns- <laughs> <laughs> but at that time period, I realized I was like. Live shows are, are going to be. God's like, okay, man, you, you are you getting the picture? You know, this is what's going on. And I was like, I got it, I got it. I played one more live show, July fourth, twenty twenty, on the yeah, on the fourth of July, an outdoor concert, which there wasn't many going on, but I barely made it through it. And I knew at that time it was done, so I was gonna. I started having guys fill in for the band, and then things kept going. And the, you know, the, the pandemic got worse, and uh, the band. I kind of put the band on hold, took it all down. And was just teaching, doing that stuff, doing the teaching. And um, you know, I I my my health was deteriorating immensely. I was having a lot of heart failure issues. I got to where I couldn't exercise, I couldn't walk my dogs, I couldn't walk up a hill. And, you know, I was just like I felt so blessed that God provided me a job and income that I could sit. And I could play. And as long as my hands were working and my brain was going, I could play. I could do this. I could work. I didn't you know, I wasn't asking for handouts or anything. It was, you know, I could do this. Um, It's kind of interesting. And where where things really changed for me was during that time period when I had the the heart attack, um, I was a big fan of uh, Skywatch TV. And actually, I've been a big fan of Defender Publishing and Tom Horn from way back. And I had all these books. I'm a big book reader. I have a huge library probably 10,000 books in my house. And, um, so I was, I would in the hospital getting, you know, doing this, uh, triple bypass surgery and posting books I was reading and people would see me all wired up and nose, you know, all these things. And they're like, what is this dude, man? I was like, oh yeah, I'm reading this new book from Skywatch, you know, Defender and whatever. And, and it got the attention of, um, Joe Horn and Derek Gilbert and all them. And, Joe uh, was he he did a lot of, he does a lot of health stuff and Joe reached out to me and was like hey man when you get out of the hospital let's chat and I was ecstatic man because I, I mean I love these guys they were like I mean you know it, it, it's, it's religious superheroes man I was like these people were like you know the books I read all the time so you know I got to talk with with uh, Joe Horn and and uh, we we became friends man and it became, he we became genuine friends over time and it was really a great thing and I get, became friends with all the people at Skywatch. And uh in 2021, let's see, I uh I went there was one uh in-person conference in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. And me and my buddy went, and it was one of the few places that were doing anything in person. Everything was online at that time. And Derek and Sharon Gilbert were speaking, and LA Marzilli is supposed to be speaking, and I was like, Man, I can't miss this. I've been I've been want to meet these people. So this was March of 2021. I uh so we went down there at the beginning of March and went there and uh, got to meet Derek and Sharon and uh, LA didn't show up. Dan Duval showed up. It was, it was a cool conference, but during the thing, me and Derek would talk and stuff. And then uh, during his conference, during his speech, he would literally speak out to me sometimes in the middle of the speech and his presentation. And, people were all looking at me like who is this dude that Derek keeps talking to out in the crowd and i could answer a lot of stuff i could speak along with him on things he's like hey kenny you did some research in the deities of demons in the in the bible and i'm like oh yeah dictionary of that i've got i've got that he goes yeah that book is almost impossible to find i was like yeah he goes, how much you pay for it? I was like, oh, oh, one hundred eighty-five dollars, and everybody's like, what? I was like, yeah, man, but that was to me. I had to have it. It's I saw they were doing the research from it. It's where I learned a lot of stuff from the Gilberts. They're kind of there's kind of things they did and uh, about you know Anana and the Queen of Heaven. A lot of stuff I'd never heard before in traditional teaching. So you know, I was into it. But uh, we had breakfast, and then the last day before they were leaving, they said, hey, we want to have to talk with you a little about something. And um, so we're eating breakfast. We're sitting there, and and. uh Derek and Sharon, they were like, "Hey, we want to offer you a job," and I was like, "What?" And they were like, "Yeah, we want to offer you a job," and they wanted me to come out and be um, their personal assistant. And I was floored by it. And I was like, "Oh my gosh, this is this is this couldn't be any more of a dream job than anything." Was to you know like, "Hey, we're going to pay you to research and 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 read all day long, do the, help us do videos, help us do the whole thing." And I was like, "Wow." So this is about the time. Um, they were they were getting ready to move, get their stuff going with Gilbert House, which kind of, they've got a whole thing going with it now. So I got to go out there and meet all the people I love. Tom Horn, I got to sit at a table and talk with him like two hours. I met all these people from Skywatch. It was absolutely a dream come true. Josh Peck, Allie Anderson, the, the whole Horn family, man. I got to spend time, go to their West Wing Ponies ranch. So and everybody's like, well, what does it all have to do with anything? Well, so I, I ended up not being able to take the job due to my health was just not good enough. I couldn't move out there. Um, you know, I, I, I was just, they wanted me to move to crane Missouri out in the middle of nowhere and I just couldn't do it. My dad's health was not good. I was like, it's just the timing was wrong and I was really upset about it because I flew back and I felt, dr- flew into Roanoke and I felt such oppression. I was like, man, this place is dark. I loved the way I felt out there in crane, in, in crane Missouri. And, but I knew I couldn't do it, but I knew watching when I went out there, I was like, I watched how they were creating content and the, the Gilberts were literally using iPads and iPhones for their filming and editing there. And I'm watching them do five and 10 and I got to see the behind the scenes. I got to see him do his podcast and it just was like, you know what? I think maybe this is what I'm supposed to do. So my brain was like, let's, let's, uh let's try and do a podcast. And I've been listening to Judd Burton about some things. He kept talking about Caesarea Philippi and Peneus, and Matthew 16, 18. Upon this rock, I will build my church and gates of hell will not prevail. I was like, this is speaking to me. And I literally, God just was like, okay, Kenny, you're the rock guy. That's what people know you as. But I want you to be the rock guy, which is the foundation. And that is Jesus. And I was like, this is a great play on words. I mean, I couldn't have made that up myself. And I was like, okay, he said, but it's got to be the, the rock with Kenny C. Because otherwise people will think I'm hanging out with Dwayne Johnson. But it's not <laughs> so that, that, wrong, wrong rock. But don't don't I like the guy. That would He's still great, be cool too, like, yeah. No, dude. I am hoping for it. I'm hoping he gets on it and probably I'll probably get a cease and desist. You can't use the name anymore. I'm like, oh come on, it's for Jesus, man. Come on, please. But you know, it would be cool. And maybe we'll get him on there at some point. <laughs> But so, so it's really funny, man, because like even when I was there in Crane, Missouri, I met the Fall Brothers. I met Randy Conway. I met this whole bunch of people, Darren Geisinger. I mean, it was crazy. I just made tons of connections. So I just saw there was another conference coming up that a bunch of people I love, Carl Gallups and uh, Michael Lake and all these speakers I love, Mike Spaulding and Casper McLeod. And I was like, OK, here's a bunch of David Hebner. I was like, they're all going to be in one place and it's in person in Ohio. So I got a couple of my friends and we went to this thing called the Go There For Conference in July 2021. 20, uh, and we just ha- had a great time, man. It was so edifying. We learned so much. I mean, the spirit was there. I was really lifted. I knew I was like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do. I got some things going on to it. And I was trying to work on doing my Get It podcast going and uh, got, got a logo, did some things. And man, I realized that my work schedule and stuff was really tough. I was having a hard time because I was trying to do it all by myself. Mm-hmm. So I did a couple of podcasts and some live video things and, and did that and was like, okay, we've got something going on here, but it just wasn't, it wasn't working for me. And I was like, something's not right here. So uh, January, 2022, uh, Dr. Mike Spaulding that runs to the go there for, sent me a message and said, Hey, Kenny, um, God has put this on my heart. I think you're supposed to come speak at my conference. And I was like, Man, I don't know anything about that. That is not my forte of getting out there and speaking. He goes, no, man, I saw you here, and I think that, that I'm supposed to give you this opportunity. And by him giving me that opportunity, um, it was amazing because then I spent like six months completely uh, fearful of the fact that I had no idea what I was going to talk about. And I'm like, dude, I'm a musician. I'm like, I can't get up there and talk about music with this stuff. And, you know, I would already been taking classes with Dr. Heiser and Judd Burton. And I I got a, you know, I got a two year certificate in theology from the Awaiting School of Theology. So I knew all the good stuff, man. I love the French stuff, the Genesis 6-4, the Psalm 82, Deuteronomy, uh, you know, all that stuff. I was like, I I love that stuff. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's what I'm supposed to talk about. And it was maybe two months before the conference and i literally had another moment where god looked in my head was like um hey man you're a musician and what is music and my brain was going it's sound and and he's like and frequency and i and at that point i realized i was like it put in my head it was like i want you to talk about frequency because guess what there's a lot of people that are taught, who are going into it and the new age movement and a lot of just mumbo jumbo was going on with it. And God really was like, I want you to start to clear up things. I want you to, to, and that's what I realized. I was like, oh my gosh. So I started doing a lot of research into frequency and I found all these cool things online that I was like, wow, this is amazing. And the the history says that everything was in A432 and all these things. And I was like, so I was buying into it. I'm searching, doing stuff. And I'm like, go on. So I create a theory. I talk about all the stuff I did. This. I spoke at the Go Therefore conference, did my first co- thing on frequencies. And it was really cool. There's a lot of cool stuff in it. Um, the biggest thing that happened to me being there was that Dr. Sherry Tenpenny, uh, who is probably one of the top anti-jab uh, doc- doctors in the world. Yeah. Um, and um, she, she was there speaking and she heard my, my testimony about my heart failures and stuff. And she had just started doing, bringing something out of, out of retirement, a thing called ECP, external counter pulsation. She, she'd found these beds that helped use your own blood to recirculate your blood, your body, using your legs and blood pressure pumps and uh, leads and stuff. And I she's talking to me about it. And I was like, this sounds amazing because a week before I got there, I got, I, had a, I was literally on my ne- knees praying to God. I'm like, God, I, I can't, I can't survive like this. My health is getting so bad. I know there's more I'm supposed to do. And sure enough, um, he put me in, in with Dr. Tinpenny. Now, what's really amazing is I learned after the fact that I met her there, that she wasn't even supposed to be there the day I spoke. She was scheduled for the next day and she wasn't going to be there. And two days before Dr. Mike Spauldin told me, he says, hey, man, I, I'm going to tell you something. This is why I want you to understand that there's no coincidence. God put this, put the hand of God's on this. She wasn't supposed to be there. And all the other speakers were like, how'd you get Dr. Sherry Tinpenny to listen to you speak? Because she doesn't come in here and listen to anybody. She's always busy with all these people. And I'm like, I don't know. But that's what happened. And God put her in that room. And they did that. And a month after that, I was driving to Cleveland, Ohio. And I shut down my business. And I was going to be there for two months to do this heart treatment that nobody really talked about. And even my own cardiologist I went to, I was sure he was going to say, it's a bunch of, you know, it's a bunch of bull. This is not real stuff. And when I talked to him about it, I said, have you ever heard of ECP? He's like, yeah, I have. I'm like, what do you think about it? He goes, well, if I could, if I could prescribe it for you, I would. And I went, what? And he was like, yeah, dude, it worked for my patients for years. But it went out of business. Now, this is the saddest thing. And I'm not going to put words into my cardiologist's mouth because he's a great guy. He's done amazing things for me. But he basically was letting me know that the reason it went out of business was it didn't make money. Because mm. if you heal people, mm-hmm. they're not return customers.
2: <laughs> so
0: they're not, ma- Big Pharma's not making money off of you. You don't, you're not getting surgeries. I'm telling you, if I'd have known about this before I did my, triple bypass, I'd have tried this. Now, I had nothing to lose. So all I had to do was just, just say, okay, God, this is what's going on with it. And I'm going to tell you, I, I shut down my business for two months, which is a lot. And I wasn't going to be at home. And I was like, I'm going to have to live in a place I don't know anybody uh, and pay for all that, you know, uh, for a room and food and loss of wages. And I'm going to tell you what, I, uh, I had people come out of the woodwork who I'm, I'm just going to say, man, there's some people that are like uh, Sharon and Derek Gilbert. I can never say enough good things about them. They are the most genuine, God-loving people I've ever been around. And I, I consider them really great friends. They helped me out immensely. Tyler Gilreath, uh, author of Gospel Over Gods. Man, his church helped. I had a lot of people step forward. The Fall Brothers. All these people came forward and uh, donated enough money to keep me afloat. And then when I was looking for a place to stay, a guy that I hadn't seen since uh, basically elementary school. I went to elementary school with him. You know, we were, we were Facebook friends, but I hadn't seen him or talked to him since we were tough. Um, he reached out to me and said, Hey man, uh, I see you're going to be coming to Cleveland. And I was like, yeah, I'm looking for a place to stay. And I don't want, I don't know the areas. So they're like, yeah, you don't want to take a chance on that, man. There's places here that you just don't want to be in. And, uh, He's like, hey man, me and my wife talked about it, and uh, you know our kids are moved out, and we've got the space, so we're gonna give you a free place to stay the whole time. And wow. I was like, oh my god! And it's all fell together within like weeks, so all my expenses were covered. And I, I don't know if a lot of people at the end will realize the situation, but uh, Doctor Tenpenny charged me zero. I didn't, she didn't charge me anything for this treatment. And a lot of it was because I was going to take the full treatment, which was thirty five sessions, which was almost eight weeks, uh, an hour a day. A lot of people can't do that. That's why I said, I got a lot of people who are like, I just can't go. And they'll, they'll do like a shortened stuff. But for me, I was like, I have nothing to lose. And people are supporting me and helping me get through this. And I literally had just enough money when I came back that it got me through. I came back at the same place I left. And I just praise God about that, man. It's basically, you know, it's a place. But but I will say this: When I got there, I I was just couldn't walk or do anything. Within four treatments of this ECP, I was um, I went to Niagara Falls and walked around a whole day. I couldn't have done that, and I I realized I was like, this is four days of treatment. At the end of thirty five, man, I was like carrying all the stuff I would traveled to I taken to Cleveland up and down, you know, fifteen flights of stairs, and it didn't bother me. And I was like, Whoa. it really worked.
2: Hey Kenny, real quick, what is yeah. What is ECP?
0: ECP, it stands for external, external counter pulsation. If you look up Dr. Tenpenny, her name, T-E-N-P-E-N-N-Y, ECP, you'll find a website that tells everything about it. And it's, it's an amazing, it's an amazing mm, thing. Cool. I, I realized that I've, I've, I'm like, I kind of want to be the poster boy for it because it changed my life. I wouldn't be here. I really don't think I'd be alive if I hadn't gone. And uh, it changed, it did. I, 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 I tell Doctor Tenpenny all the time that she's a, a she was just God sent her and and she really did. We we have great Absolutely. talks. She's yeah. a great great Christian woman yeah. and I, I I love her dearly. But yeah, everything fell into place with that man. I, it kind of it put things into it. And at that time, then I was talking with the uh, Skywatch and Joe Horn's like, hey man, why don't you um take that presentation you're doing and do it for a uh, defender conference. And I was like, get out of here, man. Come on. I was like, this is the stuff I watch for fun. You know, I'm the guy that watches all the conferences and takes notes and stuff. So he's like, yeah. So I got to put a, my presentation on the, the last defender conference in the fall. And it, it was received really well. And he's like, okay, man, they, let's do it again. So I did another one that just came out about a month ago that's on the second Defender Conference, uh, One World Rising, and it's got a lot of cool stuff on there. Um, and and I will the first presentation I did, I'm gonna put out pretty soon for free, uh, because it's been ran its time with Skywatch, and I'm gonna put it up for people who would like to see it. Um, uh, it's interesting because from that presentation to this one. The the research I did, uh, there's a lot of things I talked about in the first presentation that I don't believe in anymore, and I realized mm. that as I got more stuff, I started looking at it. I'm like, there's a there's there's a a movement to to falsify things and to make people think counterfeit and stuff.
1: Hey, before we get into yeah. this, I, I think I told you this earlier. I just want to I just want to give you like a few minutes to. Before we jump into the whole frequency thing, a few minutes to yeah. share. Is, is there anything that's on your heart right now that
0: you just, just burning that you just want to share? Uh, yeah, man. Every, every day, man. I, 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 I'll say this. I'm a music teacher, but God gave me a, a really great gift of encouragement. And I never realized that. But, I mean, I've taught thousands of kids over the years. Not just kids, but, I mean, all ages. And I had somebody come in yesterday that was struggling with some time. And I realized that I'm sitting here talking to them and he left and he was like, man, I need, I need, I'm glad I come to see you today. And it was for a guitar lesson, but we talked about things and I talk, and a lot of it, man, it, it always revolves back to what is the foundation of my life and it's Jesus. And that's what hmm. I try to let people see and do. I don't, I don't, I am not one of these heresy hunter type people that goes after people and tells them how wrong they are. I, I look at it as I want to be the light And I want people to see it and I don't have to talk about it. And they, they may never read the Bible, but they're going to see my actions. They watch what I do and they, and I want them to go, I want that. How do you have that? Because a lot of them will look into me and they'll hear my testimony and go, dude, you lost your career. You can't play shows anymore. You had heart attacks. You were all, your health was all this stuff and you are still completely positive. I said, that's because, you know, my hope is in the, is in the Lord, man. I know where I stand. I know where I stand. I know where I'm going to go when I die. I know all these things. And I said, and when you know that, that's like, even when I was having my, my bypass surgery, I had some friends that said, I've never seen anybody going into surgery that was so upbeat and positive because I could have died. There's no, mm-hmm. there's no, you know, there's no guarantee. I wasn't going to make it out of that surgery. Um, and, and, I, and I tell her all the time, what's that?
1: I said That's peace. That's peace. Not as the world gives, but as he gives, you know, that's the only well, way to explain it.
0: You know, I'll, 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 yeah, it is. It is. I, I'm going to drop this in real quick because it's a, it's a great little part of it that ties into with my surgery. Um, uh, when I knew I was going to have this, this, the triple bypass, the, the doctor that they brought to me, he was very standoffish and not very personable and he was middle Eastern descent and he, he came in, we did stop, and the nurses were like, don't, don't go by his personality or what stuff, he is the best heart surgeon. You're very blessed to get him. And I was like, okay, I, I'm cool with that. It's great. You know, not ever, I don't care. You know, to me, it, he doesn't have to have a great bedside manner. He's going to be inside my body working on stuff. I don't, you know, I don't care if he wants to talk to me as long as he fixes me. But Amen. <laughs> what's a really amazing, what's really amazing is this guy. um, he, he, <laughs> My mom was walking through the hospital and saw these character drawings of the doctors, and she saw his, and she took a picture of it and brought it to me. And she says, "Kenny, I, you have to see this." And it was a picture of him playing a Stratocaster guitar in a comp in a oh caricature, and he was playing a guitar. And I was like, "What?" And so when he comes back around, I said, "Hey, Doc, do you play guitar?" And he's like. Yeah, how do you know that? I'm like, there's a character drawing of you. That's what I do. And so we started t- having guitar talk. Next thing you know, he's opening up to me, man. We start chit-chatting about stuff and about the fact that he wanted to be a professional musician. And went to school for it. And I was like, well, wait a minute. How do you go from music school to being one of the best heart surgeons in the world? He goes, I wasn't a very good musician.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: and I was like... Okay, man, I'll accept that. He knew it. He said, I knew. I was like, you know what? This is not for me. And he realized what he was going with it. Now, here's where it real, the kicker comes into it. I didn't know anything about his religious background, upbringing, nothing. So the day of the surgery, they're wheeling me in and I'm going into a surgical team and I'm going in and I'm seeing all the people around me. And there's like 10 people. I mean, it's a pretty deep thing. It's one of those things, you know, you're going under and, you, you know, it's it's a... But I was, yeah, I, really I was a complete piece. I really wasn't a complete piece. I was a complete piece. I had, you know, my granddaughter had just been born a couple of months before. And I, you know, my health, you know, I was kind of like, I just wanted to see her. And I was like, you know what? If this is it for me, I had a great life. And God, thank you so much for that. And I was at peace with it. So, but I get in that thing. They roll me in there and the doctor's like, hey, everybody's Kenny. He is one of the most amazing musicians I ever met. And he's also, he's a, he's a follower of Christ. And I went, What? And he said, um, I hope, Kenny, you're okay with this, but my team is going to pray over you before we do this. Wow. And I completely just, the, the most amazing warmth came over me. And I was like, I'm going to be okay. I'm coming out of this. But I had no idea. And I was like, do they do this with everybody? I don't know. I just knew that he was like, he knew that they was going to do that. And I tell people all the time, I was like, man, that God put the right people in my place and and that's what that was. So I always think it's amazing story because he—that's an amazing story. He, he was, an amazing uh, story. Yeah, yep. music, music, musician. I haven't—I don't think I've ever told that one before anywhere. So I think you guys may have got that one. There's the story you wanted. Brandon pulled it out of me. <laughs> was Exclusive, only on Unrefined. Kenny tells the heart surgeon doctor story. Oh, that's that's an awesome
2: story, man. Yeah,
0: it yeah, is. Pretty, now, pretty as far as on my heart, I'll tell you what. What we were talking about this, I'm going to say this. I've met a lot of people in the podcast stuff and I love we have some we have a great thing out here. I I really want people to understand, me and you have talked about this. It is not a competition. I I don't I do not like this this air of people thinking that these these podcasts are in competition. I want them to be. We're the body of Christ. We should be united. I'm going to support everybody I can. I'm on Audio Topsy the other day. I'm wearing a Camper Moon shirt. I'm on whatever. I'm going to wear Blurry Creatures. I am a supporter of all these things because I know that each person and their podcast is reaching people that someone else isn't.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: I think that's a big thing that we just got. I want people to kind of like step back on it and be like, hey, man, this this is about God's work. This isn't about being famous. This isn't about making money. This is about spreading the gospel. Amen. And sometimes I think some people have get, have getting, are getting away from that. Um, and, I, and I, you know, it's one of those things, I get it. I, I remember feeling that same way. You're like, it's exciting when you get hits and you get downloads and you get stuff. And that, that stuff's amazing. But I look at it and say, that can't be what's driving us. It has to be the gospel. It has to be the good news. You know, and, and I and I'm hoping that a lot of people will start to feel that with it because there's a couple people in our groups and stuff that I feel like that are have got the ability and have some great podcast stuff going on that they're going to reach some people, man. I just want I want it to be for all the right reasons. That's just me.
1: But, yeah, yeah. Um, somebody's know, gonna, somebody's
0: going to get butt hurt. Somebody's going to get butt hurt. I heard Kenny say that. They're going to be like, oh. Man, he's talking about me. No, I'm not, I'm not talking about anybody. I'm saying in general.
1: <laughs> well, at least it's you this time, and not the witch. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> me, me the okay. warlock. <laughs> no, I, no, I uh, no, that's, yeah, that's, that's that was
0: that was a good one, man.
1: That it does that, happen, dude. That that's that's a good word, you know. And I'm finding that I'm having to develop tougher skin, you know. Uh, oh yeah. And and I've been oh no, a, man, I, I, I had to. A idealist and and so I'm having to develop tougher tougher skin when it comes to that but yeah I'm totally with you I think I think that the the water it, to, to borrow a business analogy that the water is blue enough out there and it's not yeah. red that 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 there's there's enough of us if I've I'm already watching it happen um I got a I got a a message this morning from a guy that I used to disciple that was part of this addiction ministry up here and he right. is listening listening to our podcast, and he's got he's going deep. And this has been a tool to get him in the Bible, you know. And right. and and that's what I, I want. I, that's that's the goal of our podcast, Lindsay and I both. Is we want it to be the tip of the spear, so to speak. We want to yeah. um, get people. It, talking and then like you did with that doctor with the guitar, you know, and then lead lead to other conversations. And ultimately to us, it's the gospel. And then it's, it's, it's just making disciples that make disciples. I mean, that is, that is my heart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's why me and you especially have connected a lot on uh, things, man. I'm so glad because I, we're in a podcast group and I met a lot of people there, but, but I was like, you know, I've met, Uh, some really great people in that that i'm like oh the people have helped us out and did things and and you're one of them man i I haven't got to spend as much time with Lindsay yet but hopefully that will change with time but i love what you guys are doing man i think i think that it's just gonna it's just a matter of time you're you're doing all the right things god will bless it because you guys are really your heart's in the right place and that's a that's a that's a great thing. I, I mean, look, yeah, I, I I tell everybody I love the fringy stuff, man. That's what got me. I mean, I'm reading, all, you know, I, I love Bigfoot, I love aliens, yeah, I love, yeah. I love that stuff. But when I started reading people like L.A. Marzulli and Tom Horn, and they were talking about things that tied it in with the gospel yep. and Jesus, and then Mike Heiser comes along, and I was like, okay, now you got me. Now you're just up. But this is what I tell people all the time. I love all that stuff. It is fun to talk about all the stuff. But still, at the core of all this, it's still about Jesus, man. It has to yeah. be. It has to be because we're living in a time and people are, some people are like, oh, yeah, it's the end times. We don't know. The no. signs are there. There's a whole lot of stuff, man. But I will tell you this I, I don't battle with people on a lot of things that some people are going up. They're like, I'm going to die on this hill for whatever crazy you know, testimonies going on Hebrew roots or flat earth or whatever. And I say, that's not salvation stuff. Yep. I love to talk about it. I mean, I got friends on both sides of everything. And I'll listen to them and be like, Whoa, man, that's okay. You've got some stuff here, but I'm not buying hundred percent. The only thing I buy a hundred percent into is Jesus Christ. And that's, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that's what we have to remember that with all the things we're doing with it. That's why I think the guys at blurry creatures are doing well. Nate posts a lot of stuff talking about his faith, and things like that. And I think without that base, it wouldn't be where it is. Yep. And that's what all of us mm. have to do. I think we all got to get to that point and go, why are we doing this, man? I mean, we, how, all ha- we,
1: doing we, we all have to get our own voice, you know? And, yeah, and I, yeah. I joked with you the other day and another friend of mine too, I joked and I, I said, I don't want to be Greta Van Blurry, you know? And, and, <laughs> you know those, Dude, those that musicians-
0: is great. No, oh, that's it. Greta. No, absolutely. Because there's already, they already have that.
1: Yep. I yep. already have
0: that. I want got my own that.
1: voice, so to speak.
0: And that's what the body of Christ is. God doesn't want us all doing the same thing, man. We can have, we can all talk about stuff, but you're going to realize this goes on to it. I realized that as time went on with it, that I wasn't supposed to really be a podcaster. I I realized that I was like, I was trying to do this and and do this. I was doing book uh, contests and I was bringing on different people, Dr. Judd Burton, all this stuff. But God's like, okay, man, there's a million podcasts out there doing it. There's a million of them. And how are you going to stand out? So it really came to me. And it was like, I want you to concentrate more on the gospel. I want yes. you to bring people to me. And I was like, okay, that's what I need to think. Now, that doesn't mean I can't sit down and have a good Bigfoot talk because I can. I can Absolutely. have a good Bigfoot talk. I've got a Bigfoot yep. story i've got I've got u f o stories I've had stuff happen across my life that changed my paradigm completely, but the biggest thing was was realizing that Jesus was more important than any of them, and mm-hmm. that Jesus is still tied to this stuff, and that's where this this big spiritual war we're in, man, and it is no joke it really is there, but I always look at it like this god we're learning a whole lot of stuff. But basically, it is God wants us to be part of His family. That's why we were created, man. It's yep. a we're imager, imagers of Christ, and that means everybody. That's the hardest part for people. People are like, oh man, I can't, I can't stand these people, or I'm battling with these people, or yeah. even people in different religions and different stuff, man. I don't, I don't go with that, man. I meet people in all kinds of stuff, and the first thing I do if I meet somebody and they're Catholic, I'm not going to be like, hey, man. Y'all, y'all got all this false stuff and the pro, Pope's probably the antichrist, man, that is not going to bring people to Jesus mm, at Absolutely. All. Yep, yep. I say, I find that common ground and be like, guess what? We both love Jesus and we know where we're at. All the yep. other stuff's man-made stuff. That stuff's out there. I think God can see the heart what's going on with it. I think the man-made things is just whatever. That's, you know, I think we've split so much on denominations and all these things that people have forgotten. Hey man, we're, we're Christians. We're Christians. We're followers of Christ.
1: It's like my mama used to tell me, and I, I say this all the time. My mom used to tell me these little one-liners, you know, Southern one-liners. Wait a minute.
0: Hey, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did your mom tell you that life was like a box of chocolates?
1: No. <laughs> hey, I might be gumpy, but I'm not gump. I...
0: <laughs> but hey, but here's not,
1: something, here's something really interesting about that is that I seem to be like gump. I, I end up around famous people and like, don't know who they are. And I, I'm a like the reap. I can't say that mm. word. I'm the I'm the tard that's there. Like not, you know, not not knowing who this famous person is. You know. Anyway, yeah, that's, we, we, that's hilarious, man. We we won't go there. But my mama told, used to always tell me, "You catch more bees with honey than you do vinegar." Yeah, and you that's, do. that's that's no, that's
0: best. absolutely it, man.
2: And and you. That's just, that's just, yeah. you
1: you build relationships with people, and then if they're wrong, uh-huh. you correct them. If they listen to you, then it, it's, it's great. If they don't, they don't. You know, and this yeah. hostility—it's it, the hostility. It's not the correction. It's not the rebuke. It's the hostility. Yeah. It's the meanness. It's 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 that. But uh, absolutely. Let me let me get us back on okay. track here. I've been wanting to say okay. this the whole the whole the whole podcast. All right. So, what's the frequency, Kenneth?
2: <laughs> yeah, we. Well, you,
0: Hey, I'm going to tell you what, <laughs> if everything goes right, if everything goes right, you're funny you say that because I'm not writing one book. I'm actually writing two books and two. um, I'm writing two books. Yes. I've never written before. This is a quite a challenge. I'm having quite a battle with doing this with my time. I'm learning. I, I'm trying out something new right now. I've been trying to work on it, but uh, I got a lot of great author friends. Uh, Vicky Joy Anderson has become a really great friend. And uh, she's an amazing author. And she's helping me with a lot of stuff with that. But uh, She
1: has her degree in writing, yeah, I think. She, she really, yeah, she really,
0: I, dude, I have her entire collection. After I read her, uh, they only come out at night. And I love the way she wrote. I just, I basically wrote, I sent her a message. And we, were, we were talking, being friends. And I was like, what else do you have? And she's like, oh, this." I, I want them all. She's like, what? And I, she goes, well, I'll get them for you at a discount. So she sold me, got me the whole collection, brought them all in and autographed them for me. And they're amazing. That's she's cool. an amazing author she really is so So what's the frequency kenneth guess what that's exactly what i want the title of the book to be on frequency well that's Uh, cool. that's that's, that's, that's the title of this podcast (laughs) that song has a fringy
2: history of its own
0: it does man dude that whole story i'm actually going to probably touch on that because it's a weird crazy story in itself with dan rather and the whole thing um Mm -hmm. it's but it's cool but it's like i said yeah the what's the frequency kenneth and that's what um Vicky's the first person that said that to me last year. And she's like, if you don't name your book, what's the frequency, Kenneth, you're missing out. So she's great. She's a, she's quite, uh, she helps me with a lot of things. I love that girl immensely, but, uh, yeah, man, the, what is the frequency, man? I, I tell people all the time, you know, base look, numbers, patterns, and sound, they hold tremendous power and mm-hmm. they can be used for all kinds of things. Frequencies can be used for healing, uh, you know, it, there's all kinds of things. And here's the thing. Some stuff, I think there's a lot of uh, things that aren't completely truthful that I see people selling. I got tickled last night. Somebody had this little whistle that they're blowing. And it was like, the 528 Hertz love frequency. And the guy's blowing on <laughs> this thing. And I'm listening to it. And I'm like, it's one note. It's one note. And When I hear things where they show these videos on TikTok, they're like, this kid is singing in the 528 Hertz frequency. And I'm like, uh, I hate to tell you this. But there's a whole lot of other frequencies going on there. Because if you don't know music, A440 is one pitch. So when you play notes that are above or below that, they're not still A440. And the whole thing can't be A440. That's one note. And I think people get confused on that. I'm like, how do you say this one note's in there when there's a, there's thousands of frequencies going on at the same time? And I think that's where we get to get this stuff. I see when people really got into this whole thing where they're like, Oh, yeah. Historically, uh, A432 was what was the 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 God frequency. And it's been like that forever. And we've lost that that knowledge. And I'm going to tell you, man, I, I did a lot of research and a lot of it looked really uh, real. I was like, OK, maybe we're on to something. And I followed that. And my first presentation went into a little bit of that on A432. But the more but and I have personal experiences since being a teacher, I had a I had a student who, uh, and, and I'll say this happens a lot, who any kind of kids on the autism scale um, have some kind of special ability, and mm-hmm. I had one kid mm-hmm. that yep. he could he could hear everything, and he had perfect pitch, and it was crazy man because he couldn't read music it was too much for him but he could sit and listen to anything so he we would literally put on a song and he would just start playing he could hear it oh we would break down parts and stuff but you know he had a cold one time and he started playing. Allatuerca. I don't know if you know that song. It's like... It's the same thing that Nuno Betancourt plays at the beginning of Play With Me on the Bill and Town soundtrack. It's a long guitar. But he's playing that on piano, right? So my student's playing it. And he's playing it a half step down. Now, I'm going to tell you, transposition of entire pieces like that is very difficult. He was doing it on the fly. Did not realize he was doing it. He had a cold. His head was stopped up. He played everything. He was hearing everything a half step down. He had no control over where his fingers were going. He was playing that song 100% perfectly in the wrong key. Now, That's my brain amazing. was like, what is going on here? Now, uh, he's actually graduated high school. and, and oh, He's an amazing kid, man. I, I, I post some things every once in a while with him on uh, on my Facebook page just to see him play. He's an amazing piano player. plays everything. But uh, he would also tune down his songs. Too close to a 432 pitch because he said it sounded better there well to me i was like okay we're on to something here now at the same time that's going on i did my first presentation i'm like okay i think there's something to say 432 Guy puts another kid in my <laughs> lap who's autistic uh another amazing musician we start talking about a 432 and tuning things to like that and it, he freaks out he's like Oh, this is terrible sounding. Why are you? Do- he was like, I can't stand it. And I went, wait a minute. What's going on here? He can't do it. He's like, no, 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 man. A440. That's where it's at. He says, I don't care what they're saying about this stuff. He goes, this is where I heard it. Well, that was what he grew up listening to. And I'm the same way with it. I, A432 sounds odd to me because my whole life's been playing pitches at A440. And, and everything's really, unless you're like a perfect pitch person, everything's about relative pitch. And that's what happened with over the years, man. There was no set pitch. It's everything. Relative pitch is based on one pitch. One pitch is what they base every other note on. That's where it comes from. That's where the ratios with uh, Pythagoras, all that comes from that. And so I always tell people that when you're creating uh, music or something, somebody will be like, well, here's your guitar. Here's A440. Well, the rest of them are all tuned in conjunction with that. There's It's a mathematical formula. And that's what... the um, I might be getting over my head and talking too much about that, but that is know, what goes on going. with it. And I tell people that what really is amazing is that I went back and did research and mm-hmm. found that there was no set pitch worldwide because mm-hmm. there couldn't be. Now think about this. Um, instruments that had strings and wood, they, they, um, they, they, you know, with moisture and temperature expand mm-hmm. and contract and you're t- I have to tune my guitar every day that I play with, my main one. I play it for eight hours a day. I have to tune it every day. Why? Because I'm in a basement. I have a basement studio that I teach in. It's a little chillier down here, my guitar stuff. So now I know that that can't be what they use to bass stuff. So what I found out was is that uh, the church organs in town, the big pipe organs, whatever they set the one note at, the eight, whatever it was, that would end up being the tune that everyone used in that area. So the string musicians would come in and they would tune to that and then they would take it with them. So it really, because, you know, you go listen, like I used to I think it was weird when I'd hear bands like Van Halen and all this stuff, were all tuning down to E flat. And there was different reasons for it. A lot of it's vocally for challenging stuff. Some people like that. It's a little, it's a little deeper tonality, but I look at it and say, it's all subjective. It's not anything that doesn't. And I've got people. I've got a people who who wants to die on the hill with it, man. He he fights me on it. No, man, you got to tune your guitars to A four thirty two. Well, great. You're not going to be able to play with anybody because everybody around you is not going to be tuned to that. It's going to be a hassle. Great. I'm going to do. It. He's like, yeah, I do all my music in it. Okay, great. I let my one student hear some of it. He thinks it sounds terrible. He's <laughs> like, it's just, I can't hand. I can't handle it. I play it in four forty. He hears it. So to me, there's something not completely there. The the stuff on TikTok and and YouTube they are kind of going over the overboard with it a little bit and you know well, of, of all these things you know well, let so me ask that, you that's about yeah
1: let me ask you a question okay I don't yeah. know if you ever ever heard of this guy or not Sandy yeah. and I we were introduced to him uh, several years ago and we we used some of his stuff as a guy named Michael Terrell or Terrell he actually yeah. believe it or not yeah. was going to be Kiss's guitar player but uh, Vinnie Vincent beat him out on it and
2: wow anyway
1: yeah yeah so he has, but anyway, he has this thing called whole tones, and yep. it's it's all this different type of stuff where uh the different frequencies supposedly heal different areas of your body and all that kind of stuff. Now what do you yep. think about all that in your
0: research, Kenny? Well, uh it, when you get to see my my latest presentation, I do a whole section on him. Oh, do you? And, oh, wow. Yeah, I have I have a, man, I, I mean, look, I, I know that... Um, did
1: you know like, that about Vinnie Vincent, though? Did you know that he was going to be a that. kiss? I did not yep.
0: know that about Vinnie Vincent, though. That's very interesting, man. That's Yeah, Gene, cool Gene Simmons
1: Gene Simmons told him, no, he said, because you're too good of a musician, and they picked Vinnie Vincent.
0: <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. Yep. That's crazy. I don't know, yep. man. Vinnie Vincent, back in the day, was a pretty amazing guitar player. Pretty amazing guitar player. Dude, yep. Yep. He's a great guitar player. I'll leave it at that. Um, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I actually have a, I actually have a couple of people that I consider my research team. I have a couple of people that work behind the scenes who are just amazing researchers and they help me find a lot of stuff. Cause I, I'm just gonna be honest. I can't do enough research on my own. So, uh, God started bringing people to me that I met, dude, I met people around the country when I was in Cleveland. Um, I had a, a girl that came to me who saw me speaking through Skywatch stuff and I grew up in the same town with her and she was younger than me. and we actually knew each other uh, through some stuff, but this, this girl came to me, man. I mean, she's not a girl. She's a woman. She's, you know, but she's married, got kids, but she's the best researcher I've ever dealt with. And um, mm-hmm. her name is Nikki Johnson. I'll put it out there. And, and she's actually, I, I, she has a title. She is the director of my research, and she runs my team. A lot of people don't realize I have a team, but I do because there's so much stuff to look into that I have to have four or five people all the time looking for stuff because I can't, I don't have the time myself to do it. So they helped me with that. But she, the one that brought the whole ton of stuff to me. And, uh, you know, what's interesting is Michael uh, Tyrell, he he believed that these ancient frequencies were played by King David himself. Yeah. To mm-hmm. heal yeah. King Saul, his oppression. So there's a story with Michael Tyrell um, in Jerusalem, a, a mysterious Christian piano player named David, of all things, was playing uh Christian songs of worship in a Jewish orthodox coffee house and um he he said the guy gave him this you know manuscript and the manuscript was transcribed to A440 hertz but he said he knew that was inconsistent with King David's tuning and he Terrell uh thought that the tuning should have been A444 and that's where he stood with that being and and I will say this the difference between A4 40 and a 444 is very slight. Most people can't hear the difference. It's very, now I can just because I play music for so long. I'm very, very good with relative. I do not have perfect pitch, but I can hear the discrepancies in it. Now, could that be, it could be, man. It sounds great. He did some cool stuff. And I will say this, uh, my research person, Nikki found a nurse that she knows who utilized whole tones, who, um, was was diagnosed with cancer and was very sick. And they did; she was doing all the things. And she decided to try this whole tones frequency stuff, and um, it did heal her. Now, wow! Do wow. we know for sure that that's what happened? I can't say for sure, but I look at me like God can make anything happen. If He decides that a four forty hertz is going to heal somebody, guess what? It's going to heal somebody.
1: Well, that that's that's my big thing with healing. Sandy and I've been doing healing ministry type stuff, and so that's that's what got us interested in frequency two or three years ago. And that's my big thing. I think even if it's a placebo effect, what matters is they were healed and and God healed them. He created our bodies Mm -hmm. to heal themselves. So if, if, if if they thought they were getting, I I don't understand this purist way of thinking that it has to, has to have a causality back to the direct thing. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, if she listened to the, if she listened to the yeah. music and it put her in a proper state of in her yeah, in her mind absolutely. and body for her to heal amen god healed her
0: yeah absolutely i i agree I, that's where sort of the big thing cuz i've studied my my one researcher is doing she she got all the whole time stuff and she's been going through it and she's bringing out a lot of neat things we're going to talk about in my next presentation but you know he breaks it down to certain things he had different ones like different uh frequencies and what they did like 444 four, four, they 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 would put it as the key of david but but a note is not you know i mean it's it's weird when you, when you play that and say that thing because they they kind of said it was like um the it was a dark orange color and it's detox lymph and spleen and lungs yeah he's got Where something with everything. That? could that be i don't i don't i don't know man that that's pretty pretty cool and yeah. think of it, but i'm i'm gonna tell you i i say this God can use anything, man. He can use anybody. Mm-hmm. He can use any frequency because bottom line is God created frequency. He spoke existence, the word. Yeah. He spoke yeah. it in. Yeah, that, you
2: know? that was actually what I was going to ask you is to kind of relate the frequency thing to mm-hmm. Genesis 1 and maybe even John. the, the Logos.
0: Yes. No, absolutely. That's it. It ties into all that. It's, you, you look at that and you're like, okay, that's what I always realize. You read it and you go, he, you know, and it took, frequencies are everywhere and it's amazing to think about how our bodies are only able to see and hear in a in a very small area of the spectrum. Hmm. We can't see we can't see but such just a normal area. You know, it's like it's crazy. We we have our basic range, the visible range is probably is around 380 to 700 um with the with the frequency there. And it's kind of crazy. And then and then it divides into colors and then we have the color yeah. spectrum. So there's yeah. frequency of color. There's frequency Mm -hmm. of light. There's frequency of sound. All these come together. But when you really see a a full, uh, you know, a a complete graph of all the stuff and realize that, you know, we're in this, uh, oh gosh, it's like a nanometer where they they measure out the the actual frequency. We're in this little tiny area and then ultraviolet, x-rays, gamma rays, cosmic rays are all below us, short wavelengths. And then above that, is like infrared, microwaves, radio, radar, radio, broadcast band, all that. We can't right. see any of it, but we know we know it exists. People know, "Hey, I got my Wi-Fi on." Man, I'm sitting here right now with my 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 laptop Wi-Fiing through the air and coming to you and we're talking and we're, you know, I'm in Virginia and you're in what, Mississippi? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean you think about that, dude. We I can't see it. We know broadcast television, radio waves, all this stuff. We know it's there. We're able to utilize it, but God created all that. And I tell people all the time, I'm I'm a big proponent of the fact that anything that the the enemy and the, you know Satan tries to do with it is a counterfeit. Mm-hmm. He counterfeit. can only take it. He can take he can take music and be like, I'm gonna make this the Whatever, this is going to help do these things. And guess what? He can do that because he does it with everything. He corrupts and perverts everything that's good that God's made. Everything. And, it, and it's amazing people forget about that.
1: And when this is going to, I'm about to say something that is new age, but for all you out there, I'm caveating I am not new age. But most of it has to do with intention. It's intention. It
2: yeah. You know, I say that they, a lot, man.
1: They use that word, but, 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 yeah. you know, I'm, I'm taking it back. It is, it's about intention. Faith is all about intention. When we exercise faith mm-hmm. in God, we are exercising yeah. an intention towards, that's what faith is.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that that goes back to what I was even talking about, about the placebo effect. You know, Uh, hey, bless God. If somebody's healed, I mean, God made our bodies to be healed. He made them to naturally heal themselves. And if all these different things, these frequencies, and the other thing I thought was really cool, Kenny, and you can touch on this if you want to, is we learned that your body exudes a lower frequency when you have cancers and illness in your body than when Mm. you don't.
0: Have you heard that before? I have not. That's really interesting, man. That's that's, that's great, because I'll do some research on that. I mean, there there is so much. I had to tell somebody the other day. They're like, hey, man, are you clearing up stuff? And I'm like, this frequency rabbit hole is deep and massive. And I honestly, at some point, I kind of realized that it's a never-ending thing. I will probably be able to find research on it forever. Uh, there's yeah. just... And, and, and the big thing is some of it, you can't clear up some of it. Some of it's speculative, man. And I do believe yep, that yep, sometimes yep. God created things to say, you're not supposed to know all this. Sometimes yeah, you gotta to have faith. You just yep. have to go with that. And, that. and there's an understanding and we utilize a lot of stuff, but you know, it, it's still, we don't, we don't understand all that. We don't. And yet yeah, we still use it part of our things. I mean, to me, it's like, when I look at like the actual, the golden ratio in, in existence of stuff, man, it's, you know, the, the, the Fibonacci sequence, you know, yep. 1.618. Yep. That, it, it, it's a sequence, and you see it in everything. You see it in sunflowers yep. and the you know universe and plants and shells, uh, hurricanes. And you look at this and go, okay, this isn't just, this isn't coincidence. This is something that is there, so... Everything adheres to that ratio. I do believe God created certain things. There's certain rules we have there's certain yes. rules of physics and gravity. all that yes. stuff was created for us at this time in this realm, but there's a whole lot of stuff we can't see, and there's a lot of things we can't do and I think that's something that there's mm-hmm. a purpose to that. I think there's a purpose well, to keep us in that yeah area. we need
1: it's it's like we need permission you know we have to have. Permission to go into certain areas—it has to be, you know, the Holy Spirit has to lead us there. It, it can't be yeah. Yeah. something we do. Uh, it can't be unrestricted. Is is what I'm trying to sure. say.
0: Well, and, and that's where it comes into. Yeah, I, I think that people like when you think about stuff. When the, the Bible basically tells you about not div, don't you know no divination, no speaking to dead spirits. There's all yeah. these things. There's a reason for that. Yes. It's not because He's trying to keep you from doing stuff. It's because I hate to say this, if you don't realize is that. You're messing with demons, man. You're, yeah. you're messing yeah. with stuff that's counterfeiting and trying to explain and say, hey, no, no, this is from God. Most of that stuff, automatic writing, the channeling and stuff, man, people have got to come to grips with that and realize that they're they're dealing with yeah. demonic entities. Yeah. And, um, and that's it. And that's what's going on with that. So, bam! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lindsey, did you have something a second ago you wanted to say?
2: Well, I was just thinking, man, they're... It- you know, we we talk about staying out of the ditches, and yeah, on the one hand, there's kind of that, and sometimes it's not a ditch; it's just an excuse of, oh, that's a mystery. We don't want to delve into that too much. That's a, that's a mystery. Um, it, that's just an excuse for people to not learn things. But on the other hand, just having to know every little thing about everything and not leaving any mystery, you know, it's
0: just yeah, and you know, it's, it's a th- tough th- balance th- to strike. I think sometimes terminology gets taken new age yes. stuff gets into all this thing with Ascension and, Oh, we're clearing and emotional, releasing emotional blockages and all this stuff. And they, you know, they, Oh, I'm raising my vibration and I'm, you know, and all these things that are new age type things. And I, I, I think people buy into that so easily, man. Cause I know I did. I went through a time period where, man, I, lo- I was all into that stuff, man, chakras yeah. and stuff. And you're like, mm-hmm. you're trying to find the truth. And at some point it hits you and you go, okay, it can't all be right. What is it? Jesus is like, hey, man, I'm the way. I'm the way. I'm the light. I'm, you know, and you're like, okay, that's it. Now you can choose not to believe that. And a lot of people do. But mm-hmm. my life is that my foundation is based on that. That's where I stand.
1: Well, you, you know, and uh, two, I just want to touch on two points too that go along with this. The, the first one being, you know, obviously a lot of this. This is to tie in the fringy aspect. Uh, obviously, a lot of this came from the elder race or the elder brothers. I guess is I've been reading too much Lovecraft. The elder, the elder brothers. Yeah, the nephil, <laughs> you know, and the and the, the parents Four. of the nephilim and the nephilim and all yeah, that secret yeah. secret knowledge, as Gary Wayne talks about in his book,
2: that yeah, came yeah. down
1: and the you know and it was taken and perverted but but obviously the knowledge is still there and it it's just it's the way of of living life a lot of people when they say Jesus is the way they always think directionally but i sure. think when when i when i hear Jesus is the way i think as more of like a model like he is the yeah. way to live life
2: absolutely and 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 yeah. so
1: um I, I think a lot of this stuff has been it, it, the enemy, like like you said, and, and I've said a million times, is, is is the enemy doesn't counterfeit something unless it's valuable. And a lot of these right. heresy hunter people out there need to get that in their head while they're yeah. critiquing stuff. And And that leads to my second point, that I believe that there are two basically, and it's been around for hundreds and hundreds of years in the church, there's two basic roads that people go down. And the first one is this, if it's not in the Bible, we can't do it. And the second is if it's not forbidden in the Bible, we can do it. And you have two camps that have bickered back and forth throughout history about that.
2: And yeah.
1: and and I think that these camps need to to find some kind of a reapproachment uh of each other to be able to get along, you know, right. because because one, I mean the Pharisees taught that. The Pharisees taught that if it's not in here, we're gonna put a million other laws to keep you from breaking the law. And so, you know, if it's not in here, you can't do it. And right. and and I I see the father as if I haven't forbidden it, go for it. You know, experiment. Yeah. Look at this big, beautiful wide world. Yeah. There's there's plants. I mean we can't explore the fact that there's, there's plants out there that, that there could be possibly some truth in some of these uh, medicines that have been carried around yeah. for years, even more truth in that than pharmaceuticals. And, and so we, but we have to be, we have to go back to uh, someone posted this on my, my wall the other day, and I think it's true. We have the word and we need to go into the word, but the word is of no use unless we have a counselor. We have to have the counselor to help us read the word to get discernment. And, right. you know, and, and I and I think that, that that's what we need is we need discernment. And that's where it's so important with intention. We're connected with Jesus. If we are connected with Jesus, yeah. then he will help us discern through his spirit. And and that's the counselor. Anyway, that's my two mm-hmm. cents.
0: Yeah, no, no, man. I, I, I agree with you on that big time, man. It's a there is a lot of stuff, man. I mean, there's a lot of things we just don't know.
1: We just did a podcast with Doug Van Doren on the stars. And it was amazing. Yeah. And I brought up the whole aspect: yeah. is there is there such thing as the holy astrology? You know, and he's like, "Yeah, right. you know, you can be yeah. an astrologist, but you're Yahweh's astrologist." But he, I'm not putting words in his mouth. But that was the basic sure. gist. No, no, no.
0: Ab- yeah, no. You can. There's things. I mean, they looked at the stars, had a lot of significance, and there's a lot absolutely. of absolutely patterns yep. and yeah. Uh, you know, it's amazing. I mean, and basically, I always come back to it: who created it all, man? Exactly. And, you know, that's the big thing when you're yep. when reading in Job and. God basically just lays the crack down. Yeah, he comes in and says, Mm. where were you when I created this stuff? And the, the angels were singing. You look at it, you're like, okay, man. It's like, he doesn't have to do anything, man. He's already did it. People are like, I need to see signs of God's existence. And I'm like, you're living in it. Your body is that. If you ever do research scientifically in your eyes, anything, man, I just think about it. Like when my kids were born, I remember just being completely overwhelmed with, Oh my gosh, we created a person. This is yeah. something I look at it and go, that is not random stuff, man. God made it that way. It's so amazing, man. And I, it's an easy way for me to look at it. people get bogged down by the world. And that's what the world's trying to do to you anyways. But yeah. It doesn't take much, man. Just open your eyes, man. Walk outside, man. Look at it. You're, yeah. you're like, this. Is, this is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, I was going to say something real quick just cuz we are kind of talking about different frequencies real quick. I wanted to throw in that yeah. you know back in the, back in the day with some they found some stuff some ancient temples that uh would actually stuff would resonate in these chambers like the Malta hypogeum of Hal Saflieni. It it uh it would have stuff that would run between 900 and 120 hertz, different stuff. But what's really funny, they found some scientific evidence now is that um at about 111 hertz, the brain switches to right side dominance, and wow. that could possibly induce trance. And that's something that they were doing, building these temples. And I'm like, how did they know that? How did they find this stuff out? And I and some of it to me comes into well, that's that's when uh, you know the fallen angels, man. And that ties into the book of Mm -hmm. Enoch and how we Mm look at the whole Genesis six. And they brought this knowledge to us. It talks about it. You know, a lot of people are like, oh, the book of Enoch's not canonical. Hey man, Jude quotes it verbatim. It was in the stuff. You can use it. Now there's things that I'm like, but you've got to be able to look at it and go, how can I utilize this? But you look at it and say, they're explaining what the angels brought to humans. And you realize that it's like, okay, well, I'm going to bring all this up. Here's how to make weapons. Here's how to do makeup. Here's how to do this stuff. And you read that and you're like, what? Because yeah. that's not that's not verbatim in the Bible. And I will tell people, that's because it, it's not knowledge that you have to have. Right.
1: That's right. not
0: stuff that you have to know to know Jesus. Yeah. Well, a bunch of people. I, I got people who are always like now or in this place, they're like this whole, you know, if you're not divine counsel, if you're not all this stuff— and do all these, know it, and you're, you're really not going on. I said, dude, what? there's been a whole <laughs> millennium of people that died that had no clue about that. I yeah. look at it as the right people came out. God's like, okay, it's time to reveal this. It's like an onion. You're peeling back layers and all yeah. of a sudden it's like, oh, wow. Because I'd read the Bible for many times and did not know what all this stuff. And all of a sudden somebody says, yeah, but look at it like this. And then you go, oh, my gosh. Because none of us are, I'm not, I'm not a Hebrew scholar. I don't, I can read a little Hebrew and Greek just because I'm try to work on it. Um, but you know, not that level of like Heiser man where they, you know, but he, but that's what his job was. And he would take and pull that stuff and he let you see the original, uh, you know, the original writings and how, what it meant. And you're able to go, Oh my gosh, this is much deeper than I thought.
1: Well, all this is to, all this is to re-enchant it's like the sword and, sword and staff guys, if I have been quoted as saying, "This is a reenchantment. This is a reinvigorating of our faith. A reinvigorating of our reading of scriptures." It's not the meat, you know. It's yeah, it's the spices right. that you put on the meat that makes that's the meat
2: it. so that's good. It,
0: man. Yeah, and the meat hey, is the man, gospel. You're making, you're, making huh? hungry, you're making me hungry, dude. <laughs> well, you probably missed your lunch break. break. It is. Yeah. I'm like, this is my lunch break. So. Yeah, man. I mean, there's so much. We could talk about this forever, yeah. man. And, and honestly, yeah. if we, we want to come back and do a more, uh, do a, a part two and just concentrate on certain aspects of frequency, we can, man. Yeah, yeah that, that sounds I'd great. Like that. Yeah.
2: I scribbled several things down that I'm going to yep. look
0: at later. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's a, there's so much stuff, man. I It's I amazing.
1: Mean, we didn't even touch on my favorite topic of frequency. I love it. Sandy gets mad at me, but... There actually are frequency weapons that the CIA and, and intelligence groups use, military. I'm sure you've heard yep. of that. Well,
2: oh, yeah. Yep. I mean, so, the whole, I always wondered if the whole Havana syndrome wasn't frequency yeah. related or something like that.
0: Well, yep. it's funny you say that because uh, that's the, also the end of my, my presentation on the Skywatch when I talk about that. I don't know if you saw the trailer I did. Uh, Mike Stibbs made me a trailer where he took a piece of the Incredible Hulk movie, the one from like nine whatever. I don't. Know, 2008, yeah. 2007. The one with uh, oh Edward Norton as Bruce yeah, Banner. Uh, yeah. He took and you know there's a big sequence in there where there's a fight scene where they're battling the Hulk with these giant frequency weapons, sound waves. They're hitting him with sand cannons, and so if you go, you can find it's on YouTube. My video, okay. my I have a whole trailer for what i'm talking about and then i get into the whole thing with the havana syndrome we talk about that we're talking about what happened with that these direct energy weapons and it's there man i mean i absolutely believe there are stuff with that and it can be done i, I think that's just part of it i think they figured out ways to to create things and you know it's what's really interesting is that um yeah, I, I mean the the havana thing is an amazing thing you you can do a lot of research on that itself and just be like oh my gosh so yeah. you know you realize that they they have the ability to really harm people uh, immensely.
1: Well, let me, let, let me tell you one more thing, a story that okay. you're, you can research or get your researchers to research. It's the story of the M cave. And one of the best, the best stories of it is actually on a, a YouTuber called Mr. Balan. You've probably heard of him. And uh, I can send you the YouTube. It's called M cave. And, and, and the, the long and short of it is they, they think this guy found, an area in near area 51 that had a frequency weapon and anyway mm. i'll leave it at that but it's something interesting that you could even bring into your you know your your presentation it's just
0: a a modern example of frequency weapons cool man yeah i think there's some stuff with that yeah send me that man i want to check oh, okay. it out okay i'll tell you another, another th- quick story when i was researching was the fact that certain frequencies do, they do affect our bodies now we can only hear to a certain level with like right. our hearing about tw- about 20 Hertz is where it's at anything below that. We're not going to hear. Mm-hmm. There's a story with this guy where they, they thought this, this uh, place they worked at was haunted and stuff was going on. People thought they were seeing uh shadow figures and they, they had a constant, just a fear. They, they, something made, they had this constant fear that when they were in there, so there was all these things building up to it. And they believed it. It's almost like, you know, these ghost hunter shows. Oh my gosh, there's something here. And it's, you know, they like, I want that stuff. But mm-hmm. it turned out that there was a computer that had a fan and the fan was running and it was running at about 18 Hertz below. It was below 20. No one could hear it. But at that exact frequency, it makes your eyeballs wobble. And when that does that, it make it actually creates a physical connection. You get this thing with it when your eyeballs start to wobble, you will start to hallucinate. You will see black figures in the corner of your eyes stuff that makes you think. And at that frequency, you start to fear you start having this, this uh, feeling of dread. It makes your body start to go like, what's uh, something's wrong. And you think about it, you know, it's like, you watch a a good horror movie. If they've got the great music in it, man, and they can, they can put, they can set a tone that you're Mm -hmm. like, I feel like I'm scared. Mm. And that's something you realize with that same way they can do it with you know mu- music and make stuff sound super happy. Oh, this is a happy scene. But you can, but they can do that, man. I think there's a lot of power in that.
1: Yeah, we we talked a little bit that in our episode on the paranormal. We had a, a friend of mine. We talked about uh, something similar to that. He actually he's a ghost hunter. Uh, yeah, but but he doesn't really like that terminology and stuff. He's more of a porn- sure. paranormal investigator but he talked about that frequency can cause people to see different things. He didn't use that story, but that, that, that's a fascinating story, Kenny. That's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let me, I wanna, um, let, I want to hear that. Yeah. Let me land this plane. Cause I know you need to go. You got lessons, you got right. stuff to do. So tell us, yep. um, on here, and we're going to have it in the show notes too. tell us all the different stuff where we can contact you, what we can like, check you out, where we can get all this, this stuff. We can hear about the frequencies and all that.
0: Sure. Sure. I have a Facebook group. The Rock with Kenny C. Um, I have a, my own page and all the different things on there. So it, uh, most of the stuff I do with Facebook is a lot, of, um, a lot of encouragement, positivity stuff. A lot of my stuff I work with kids. I teach. And so I, I do a lot of things like that. And I'm, that's what really drives me. Uh, old you kids, don't have too. Access- yeah, old kids, too, man. That's right. <laughs> kids who dream of playing Cliffs of Dover. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So so yeah, you can you can catch that. I also have a website, therockwithKennessee.com.net. It has some things on the different presentations where they're on Skywatch. The two big ones I've done so far haven't really been put out yet because I gave I gave them to Skywatch to be kind of like there for a while. So but I'm the first one's done run its course. I'm gonna probably put it up, people will be able to watch it. And I'll probably put it up uh I don't know if I'm gonna put it on YouTube because YouTube is so funny, man. If you know, I've learned that I, I try to stay out of the, uh, you know, I, I'm not gonna talk about politics or, or uh, vaccinations, all that stuff. To me, there's enough of that out there. I'm trying to be more. I want people to come to Christ, and the frequency stuff is just something that's a little bonus, a little spice on my on the on the meat, like Brandon says. It's a it's a nice little stuff. But you can go to the website. There's links to uh, other podcasts I've done. I'm on a podcast every week with Tom Dunn. From Through the Black and Vicki Joy Anderson.
2: Which is awesome. Yeah, y'all yeah. analyze songs. We analyze
0: music. People get mad sometimes. I'm solidly Christian, but I don't, not, I don't like just listen to Christian music, man. I have a whole background. Stuff. There's stuff Woo-hoo! I will not listen to. Talk about
2: that. <laughs> I listen to
0: everything, man. I've had moments where God has used music that was completely secular. There was no Christian aspect to it at all that helped me in my walk. And I mm-hmm. look at it and say, God can use anything. He can, take, he can take anything. So I never put that thing onto it. Some people are like, No, no, you're a Christian now. You can only listen to Christian music. You can only do this. I don't. I don't agree with that, I, dude. Trust me. I spend a lot of time playing a lot of Christian music, and I love it. I love it. But there's times when, like, I'm trying when I'm working out. Hey, man, I'm not working out to to the oceans, man. I can't. You know that ain't gonna that ain't gonna pump me up, man. I'm putting on like today. I, I worked out to um, Dream Theater uh anthrax uh
2: <laughs>
0: pantera uh and uh megadeth that was oh, my man. thing yeah i had a, you were, I had a workout that. you went working
1: uh, out to gather, gather up your horses by steven yeah. curtis chapman man dude yeah, that's it that's it that's that's,
0: that's exactly <laughs> it man now there's some i could man i'll tell you what if they threw some of these on there like some crowder and there's a lot of bands i love yeah. there's some great yeah. there's some yeah. great very heavy metal bands that I've been introduced to, and students bring in, and I always look at it and say, "Some parents will listen to it and say that's just not Christian music." And I'm like, well, "How? What are you? How are you judging that? These kids are going. They're singing the lyrics that's saying, God Almighty,' uh, you know. I, you have my soul. All these things. They're singing these lyrics, but it, the music is very different than what they're used to." And I'm like, "I'm not going to tell a kid that's not. That's not. You know. Oh no, it has to be. You know. Uh, it has to be graves in the gardens." I love that stuff. That stuff's amazing. I love the feeling I get from that stuff. But I also know that uh, God can use whatever He wants. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And sometimes it's an instrumental guitar solo. It might be Joe Satriani Mm -hmm. or Steve Vitami.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mean, a Boston Boston song helped pull me through my depression. So, you know, God God can use anything. So, yep. Yeah. Well, Kenny, thank you so much for being on our show. We've we've had a great time. Thank you, brother.
2: And hey, buddy. Thanks, man. All Absolutely, right, you thank you guys. And
1: everybody out there, sayonara. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening and supporting us. And remember, stay naturally, supernatural.